On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Was that a cool video? Or what? I love the way the wine goes on the napkin. That's just, man, it's like the blood is shedding. Of course, that's what it's meant to be, but it's pretty cool. I'm Pastor Scott. I'm one of the assistant ministers here in NextGen. I work with the youth primarily, but also in the sanctuary kids. Yes. Hi. Good morning. I'm Pastor Wendy. I'm also one of the assisting ministers, and I'm over the prayer team. I'm usually standing over there, second service. But um, yes, so great to be here today. I guess I am on the prayer team, too. You are. Forget forget that. But we're here to talk about communion today and and what that means um, and what we've seen it say in the Bible. And I've got to tell you, when when I'm sitting there reading this, I I try to say, Lord, give me me something new that I have not seen before. Give me something that refreshes my spirit. So as Pastor Marty always says, which I love, I'm not a bored-again Christian. I want to get something that's new in me. And the Spirit is always good about that. And this is communion, a Passover love story, because that's what it really is. And I start off in Luke 22. So if you have your Bibles. Let's see if I can do this. Luke 22, 15. I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before the suffering begins. For I tell you that I will not eat of this meal again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Now, we use this word Passover, and I don't want to assume everybody knows what Passover was or what it is, what the meaning of it is. So I'm just going to give a brief background. In Exodus 12, we have the... We have the Israelites that are stuck in their slavery, and Pharaoh's like going, I'm not going to let you go. And God sent nine plagues so far, and Pharaoh's like, I don't care. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to let them go. So God goes, okay, I'm going to do one last plague, and this is the Passover plague of, of the firstborn of every male and animal that was born will die. Unless the Israelites put blood on the doorpost of their houses, then the Lord will pass over them, and they, they will not experience the wrath of this plague. And thus we get the Passover. And so that's, I just want to make sure we all understood where that Passover came from. And this, this goes back to a time when, um, sorry, I was on the wrong note there. In the Jewish customs, it was customary for the because we know we're the bride of Christ, correct? We, we are the bride of Christ, and that makes Jesus the bridegroom, right? So we got a bride, and we have a bridegroom. In the ancient customaries of the Jewish times, it was customary for the bride of the groom, I mean the father of the groom, to come and give a, a, what they call a maher, or a dowry, that sits there and says, I am going to give this money for your daughter, and at that time period, that was an arrangement, but not only for the man and the wife, but it was also because two families were coming together, which we'll get to in a second. And they would sit and they would have this meal together. 
And the meal would have the meal and the wine, just like the Passover meal that Jesus was talking about. And at that time, the groom would go back to his father's house, and he would prepare a place for them to live, where him and his bride could live. So he would go back to his father's house, and he would expand that house to have their little place to go. Remind you of anything? Jesus talked about, I go and prepare a place for you. If it were not, my father's house has many mansions. I go and prepare a place for you. If it was not so, I would have told you so. And so Jesus is the bridegroom. He's going back to prepare a place for us, just as the groom went back and prepared a place. And the father groom is the one that would say, okay, I think the house is ready now. I think it is time for you to go get your bride. So he would go and go get his bride and bring his bride back to his house. And then they would have the wedding feast. And it's a beautiful story. And we may be thinking, well, what does this have to do with communion? So in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, it says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Jesus was on the cross, and he said, it is finished. My blood and my body have been broken for you. I paid the price for my bride, the church. The price was paid to the father of the bride in the customary purposes, but for this, the price was paid to the father who required, demanded blood be shed for the remissions of sin. And so Jesus, on that cross, broke his body for us so that when we remember what he did for us, every communion, we know that we got salvation through Jesus Christ. Jesus paid that ransom for his church, his bride. Now we wait for that glorious day to have that wedding feast with Jesus. Revelation 19.9 says, And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. So when we break bread and we have communion with God, we are to remember what he did on the cross. But it's also a reminder that not only did he give us salvation on the cross, he also promised us that we would be with him in heaven and it's a beautiful love story, in my opinion, because it shows all the way back in Exodus. When he did the Passover, he had this in mind, and he continued that in the Jewish customs of saying, I will purchase my bride. We will be betrothed. I will go. I will go prepare a place for us to live. And when it's ready, my father will send me back, and I will gather my bride, and I will take her back with me. And Jesus says, I will come for my church, and then we will have a wedding feast in heaven, and I will eat of this meal again. We have 
a God that cares so much about us. From the very beginning, he knew his creation would need redemption. He knew salvation would need to come. But the only way he could do that is from the foundation of time saying, Jesus, we need your blood. And Jesus was ripped apart from the Father when he was on that cross. He was, he was the price that was paid. So we don't have to be the one that has to pay that price because we couldn't afford it. The debt's too high, and we are too poor to be able to do that. Spiritually, physically, emotionally. Anybody feel? Yeah, I know I work with youth. Believe me, our youth are suffering. But thanks be to God, he has a way to lift us up out of this mess, out of this mud, out of everything that we have, and he lifts us up. And he did that on the cross. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. And because it is finished, we have a Savior that says, I love you, 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 I love you. How do I know? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And through that, we remember that with our communion. When we break bread, we remember his body was broken for us. But not just to remember that. It is the expectation that we look forward to that we get to be in heaven with him eternally. And it's just like God to have two things, the past and the present, together at once. I just want to pray. Pray for us in the sense that, Lord... I pray that as we are here and we see who you are and what you have done for us, Father, that we will have a better understanding that you, Jesus Christ, is our Lord and Savior. You died on the cross and you rose again. You've defeated death and you paid the sin for our, you paid the price for our sin. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Scott. So I get to talk about the blood uh, of Jesus that we represent with the cup today. And when I was given the opportunity to speak today, I um, asked the Lord, okay, you know, which one, first of all, we got a choice, I said, which one do you want me to speak about? And I prayed about it. And then the um, next day in my Bible reading, it was um, Leviticus 17.11. So if you want to turn there, way in the back and you're thinking, oh my gosh, Leviticus, there's good stuff in there, I promise. <clears throat> There's a lot to learn in Leviticus. Um, so, yeah, 1711. And even back way in the Old Testament there, God's starting to prepare the world for his son that's going to come. And Leviticus, it, it gives us a foreshadowing. So Levit um, Leviticus 1711 says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So atonement means to pay for something. So back then, uh, it's, it was a bloody, messy thing when they had to atone for their sin. So they had to bring an animal sacrifice, and then that's how they paid the price for their sin. And every time you sin, every time they sin, they had to give a blood sacrifice, which if you think, if I think about how many times I sin in a day, that'd be really bloody all day long. So I'm just like, oh, thank you that Jesus you know, took care of that. So God started teaching us about that. And back in the Old Testament, it was messy and complicated. And he came and he died and he did it once and for all. He entered into the Holy of Holies once and for all, which the priests would only be able to do at that point. And he came and did that for us so we wouldn't have to keep doing it. And I wouldn't have to keep doing it every time I sin 
because he did it for us. And that's one of the things we remember when we take his, um, we take the juice or the wine. God, when it says we want us to remember, that's one of the things we have to remember, that he wants us to keep doing that. And then also in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26, if you want to open your Bible to that. So I don't have a slide for you. So 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26, and Jesus is talking to us. So if you have a red letter Bible, he'd be, it'd be red. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often you drink it, remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this is Jesus. So I can give you a little backstory on that. Jesus, they're sitting around. You know, they're all hanging out. They're having last supper. You know, everything's really mellow. And then he starts talking about blood and and being broken. And they were really confused. They're like, what are you talking about, man? I don't get it. Um, But he picked it up and he said they were confused. And we were just having a nice meal and you're talking about spilling your blood. But he was warning them about what was to come. And he was going to be arrested and put into jail and beaten and put on a cross to die. And he wanted them to understand what was happening. And that's what he wants for us too. He wants us to remember what he did. He wants us to remember that when we come to this table. So, I mean, I was raised in the church. I grew up in the church. And so sometimes we can get in the habit of taking communion. Okay, a little piece of bread, a little. He wants us to remember every single time because we are forgetful people. We forget his promises. We forget all the good things he does really quickly. And so he knew I have to put something that's going on over and over again to help us remember everything that he's done. I like what Henry Nouwen wrote about, that the Lord's Supper is the most ordinary and most divine gesture imaginable. That is the truth of Jesus. So human, yet so divine. So familiar, yet so mysterious. So close, yet so revealing. But that is the story of Jesus, because the story of God, who wants to come close to us. We can see him with our own eyes, hear him with our own ears, and touch him with our own hands so close that there is nothing between us and him, nothing that separates, nothing that divides, nothing that creates a distance. Because Jesus is God for us, God with us, God within us. Jesus is God giving himself completely, pouring himself out for us without any reserve. Jesus doesn't hold back or cling to his own possessions. He gives all there is to give. So he said, eat, drink, this is my body and this is my blood. This is me for you. So this juice in communion represents that blood that Jesus shed to atone or pay for our sins. It might seem strange at first glance, but it's packed full of a lot of meaning because this blood represents life. When we take in this communion today, we are symbolically intermingling his blood with ours to represent intercommunion and a pledge of oneness. We are entering a covenant together. I also like to think about what Pastor Jack wrote about this, Pastor Jack Hayford. The reason we memorialize the blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper is that the shedding of his blood, that is his death, is a sacrifice for our sins because the wages of sin is death. That's the price we would have to pay. But God is willing to accept the death of Jesus as the means for our forgiveness. The one who died is so that everybody can come to him. So I know sometimes I feel unworthy to come take communion, And it's true, I am. 
none of us are worthy, but we get to put on Jesus's robes of righteousness, and then we can go and take of this cup and, and um, take of his body. So the purpose of the table to come to is to make us strong. The purpose of the table is to bring a sense of forgiveness for our sins. He has made us worthy through his blood and his cross. And we come to remember the worth of his works, not to earn worthiness for ourselves, because we can't. There's nothing we can say and there's nothing we can do. When we drink from the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven and have been made righteous by Jesus' blood shed on the cross, and it gives us right standing before God, so then we can go boldly into his presence. I don't worry that I'm not worthy for it. I know none of us are. So come to the table to gain strength today. Remember his perfect sacrifice of his blood. So let us rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ today as we take of his body and his blood. Let me pray for us for communion. Dear Father, we are so grateful that we can come before you wearing Jesus' robes of righteousness to come and remember your death, your perfect sacrifice. We thank you that you are perfect so we don't have to be. We thank you that you are sanctifying us, that you are purifying us. And so today, um, Lord, I ask that people would find strength when they come take um, communion today, that they would feel your forgiveness and most of all feel very much how you love them. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Thank you.